Blades in the Dark is a game about a group of daring scoundrels building a criminal enterprise on the haunted streets of an industrial fantasy city. There are heists, chases, escapes, dangerous bargains, bloody skirmishes, deceptions, betrayals, victories, and deaths. We play to find out if the fledgling crew can survive and thrive amidst the teeming threats of rival gangs, powerful noble families, vengeful ghosts, the bluecoats of the city watch, and the siren songs of the scoundrels' own vices. The game takes place in the cold, foggy city of Duskwall. It's industrial in its development. There are trains, steamboats, printing presses, simple electrical technology, carriages, and the black smog of chimney smoke is everywhere. It's crowded with row houses, twisting streets, and crisscrossed with hundreds of little waterways and bridges. The city is also a fantasy. The world is in perpetual darkness and hunted by ghosts. A result of the cataclysm that shattered the sun and broke the gates of death a thousand years ago. The cities of the Empire are each encircled by crackling lightning towers to keep out the vengeful spirits and twisted horrors of the Deathlands. To power these massive barriers, the titanic metal ships of the Leviathan Hunters are sent out from Duskwall to extract ectoplasmic blood from massive demonic terrors upon the ink-dark Void Sea. You're in a haunted Victorian-era city, trapped inside a wall of lightning, powered by demon blood. Can we get a quick recap slash reminder of what the crew is? Yes, so y'all are a group of smugglers. Um, So I actually have on the, um, in the handouts here on Roll20, the kind of breakdown of what the first job is. So it's a test of capability. That's not good. So Sarah (laughs) is the contact for the crew that y'all have had a a long time kind of like camaraderie with, like positive relationship with, even in your time before being a solidified singular crew. Um, So Sarah provided Snipe with some details on a smuggling operation that that she needs some assistance on. Uh, Her supplier of locally made long rifles made the drop as he was supposed to, uh, but someone apparently talked and the drop point was raided by a rival gang in Crow's Feet called the Red Sashes. Um, Now, as of yet, the Red Sashes haven't found the hidden cache, um, but they've set up a small base while they continue looking. Uh, Your job is to get the rifles from the hidden cache, drop them off at Crow's Feet, um, at the crow's nest, which is in the middle of crow's feet. And Lissa, who's the leader of the crow's gang, will be there personally to hand off your payment. Okay, so this isn't even just a deliver. This is a snag it from underneath some other people and then deliver it. Yes. So this this is a... The goods are being actively searched for by another criminal enterprise. And so your responsibility is to get into the drop zone or the warehouse, basically. Get the get the goods, which you, you know you're aware of where they are and how best to get them, uh, and get out and get to Crow's Foot before someone stops you and tries to snag them for themselves. All right, capture the flag. Yeah. It's the criminal underworld version of capture the flag. <laughs> criminal? <laughs> Everyone's favorite criminal capture the flag. 
I smell the need for disguises. Legitimate business, sir. So that is the uh, beauty of it. So we are going to do something a little bit different from uh, your prototypical Blades in the Dark. There's a slight adjustment that we're making uh, here for the first couple of sessions while everyone's getting a little bit more familiar with their character and each other's character. Um, Instead of doing Devil's Bargains, which is like a way to potentially get additional dice for a particular skill role that you're going to engage in, um, what I'll do is I'll have us do quick flashbacks that kind of go into a little bit more of your character's history, like how they got a little bit into the criminal underground, how they got the rivals, friends, how they got to be in the position they're currently in uh, without like taking an entire session to <laughs> to do it, you know? Um, so there's some opportunity here to get some additional dice if you're willing to, to, to play. Um, so uh, I kind of read out the initial breakdown of what the the game is going to be, what the plan is. Um, but now with Blaze in the Dark, we do the planning and engagement phase. Uh, so this is whenever y'all. Hmm? I'm not ready to get married. Ah, too bad. <laughs> uh, so with the planning and engagement phase, what it is is they have a set of six plans y'all tell me what we want to do you give me a specific detail as part of that plan and then we get straight into it as opposed to spending multiple hours going like oh we case the joint okay but what if so and so shows what if we fast track that and make it so that way you know we've already sat around the table you've already planned your route your escape route the whole nine yards um and if they come into play, if anything that you would like plan for comes into play, we detail that using flashbacks. And so flashbacks would be like if um, like you need a code phrase, right? You're in a social environment. You need to tell your friend, you know, I got the target right here instead of pausing and going like instead of creating the code phrase at the beginning of the plan, in the middle of the plan, say, can I have a flashback where we have a code phrase for when I find the target, I say something along the lines of, like, the peacock is in my hand or something like that. And then we can hop straight into that. (laughs) I got the cock in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Something along those lines. And so the more outlandish the flashback, you take stress for. But if it's something that's like totally routine, something completely understandable, no stress needed for that kind of flashback. Right, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to detail the different types of plans that are available here at Blades in the Dark. And then what we do is we get an additional detail from the crew about how they go about doing it. Um, so the different types of plans are assault which is doing violence to a target. In this case, this may be something like a smash and grab, run into the building, break a bunch of shit, steal the thing, and then leave. Uh, Deception, which would be luring, tricking, or manipulating the red sashes into letting you do what you want right under their noses. Uh, Stealth, which is trespassing unseen. So, you know, a classic burglary break-in kind of situation. Occult, which is engage a supernatural power. Probably not applicable. Hey, that's <laughs> this <me>. time. 
<laughs> but sometimes it does come in handy. Uh, a social plan, which is negotiating, bargaining, or persuading. This may be like uh, we go in there like fronting as buyers of the Red Sash's illicit product. Uh, and while we do it, someone walks off and pawns the item or whatever it is. And transport, which is carry cargo or people through danger. Uh, so transport is kind of more like the tail end. It doesn't under it doesn't really go into the beginning part of what the score would be. Uh, so I'd say most likely a social stealth, deception, and assault. Oh, I feel like assault is probably not a great idea. You're not particularly assault heavy. I will. <laughs> hey, I will um, give you don't that. Insult us. I will assault you. <laughs> So are we all trying to pick one plan, or yes. are we picking plans? as person? one crew decide the best plan, and then, like, as little individual actors, we act upon the plan. But unlike D&D, you don't do two hours of planning the thing. You just pick how you're going to do it and say, we're going to do this stealthy. And then whether or not you actually are stealthy doing it is a whole different thing. And if you do need any additional details, that is also part of this planning and engagement phase. Like if you're like, okay, is there like a weak point we can exploit? Then that would be like a fortune roll to see if there's like some information you can gain. Um, additionally, some information is just gimme. Like it's just things that your characters would know. Um, like for instance, uh, in this case, the Red Sashes are an Eruvian gang. So those are um, a specific people group there. They operate out of the sword school in Crowsfoot. Um, they sell opiate-adjacent drugs, right? Like, that is the Red Sash's shtick. And they're in competition with the, uh, with Crows, with the Crows, and uh, another gang trying to vying for supremacy of Crow's Nest. So, That's I mean, my thought is that we probably have our best chance trying to either do it through stealth or social. I agree. Yeah, it's a pretty good assessment. And, um, and not not knowing the layout, social might be the best way. I just don't know if... Uh, well, let me look. Oh, I didn't know that. I could... <laughs> 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 I'm just pressing buttons. I'm like, what, what does this do? Oh. What are you, for? <laughs> Well, I haven't been here in like eight years, you know. You gotta like, you gotta well, refresh the course or something. Because I mean, I feel like if if we had an opportunity, it would be something along the lines of, um, like if uh, if Peacock makes a diversion, whether it's something along the lines of maybe he's dressing up as a blue coat and trying to bring some other blue coats to the other side of the building uh, to disrupt the red sashes while. Uh, Shep and Snipe sneak in the entrance closest to the package. Yep. They grab the package, and then Owl can drop fog as we're making our exit out. I don't know if we want to, like, drop fog day one. Uh, I also don't feel like bringing the popo to us. prepared if things erupt to drop Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if we want to bring the popo that close to a gun pickup. I mean, yeah, like, it is very illegal of y'all to be carrying those rifles. I mean, like, he could lead them, like, further away or something. Right. Well, that was, that was kind of my thought. Is he could also kind of, like, 
take off and then ditch the outfit if it, you know whether he could lure other blue coats or just act like he is a blue coat and then mm-hmm lure them away to kind of pull some of their folks off. It'd be really funny if they recognized you for your, from your mustache alone, because they're just like, <laughs> I know that mustache anywhere. <laughs> you think you that mustache shit out of me can hide from me? <laughs> He'll put some chalk dust in it so it's white. <laughs> He's like, I won't put in product today. It'll, it'll look all gringy, you know. It's just, if I don't That's put right. product in, it's gonna, it's gonna look real stiff. No beard oil. No beard oil. <laughs> Okay, the other thing is, this is not a real consort slash sway heavy group. Mm-hmm. So if we go I in... I am not good with consort. No. I thought I was. I <laughs> am. I have two yep. pips in consort. Mm-hmm. Yes. Peacock's pretty good at uh, kind of rubbing shoulders, and uh, with sway is kind of more in the fiction. It's more like being able to, like charm lie your way your way out of the situation consorts like hey we're all buddies yeah Yeah, the the way it was described on the other show was consort is kind of partying your way into the good graces where sway is um persuasion yeah i'd say that's pretty accurate we could do a little blend of both I guess. I think you just have to pick one. <laughs> well, you, the, the, you, we do just pick either the the social or the stealth, right? It, and yeah, if you part to... if part of the social agreement is I sneak away, then good as gravy. If part of the sne- stealth is I cause a distraction out front, also good as gravy. Um, it just kind of we, depends on what the flavor we're looking for. If we decided to do stealth, um, we probably mm-hmm. need like a map of the place or like an, uh, you know, an ac- actually accurate map. That's where we get some studies, which Peacock yeah. is also good at. I say we stealth it, and if we get caught, then we fall back on the... I'm trying um, to talk your way out of it. Yes. <laughs> every <laughs> every criminal's plan. Hey, if There's, we get caught, we just talk our way I'll out. I'll just of use it. my quit wit and charm. I'll just use my charm. Fine. They love me. <laughs> I have stayed out of prison for many, many years like this. Just listen. By selling us out? <laughs> Hardcore. Aren't you the one who got the blue coats to give you a bunch of stuff on your way of being kicked out the door? Yeah. It, so right. this is this is like how many days before the actual plan to steal? Is this like a week? On time is not much of a factor in Blades in the Dark. Um, a lot of what you do can be done very quickly. Um, you're able to kind of lean on your resources to get um, blueprints of the building or something like that. Then uh, I was I was kind of hoping to like get someone to case the joint first oh yeah um and then Jeez. and then along with the map i'm just saying like if they notice anything weird. yeah that's what study and surveyor for yeah that's the that's the whole reason people take study and survey so studying is studying a person document or item with close scrutiny and surveying is surveying a location to understand what's going on uh, sense trouble get information about opportunities and exploits so if y'all want to like survey the location we can do a fortune roll real quick um because there aren't really any negative consequences here it's not really risky it's just part of the comings and goings of crow's foot you're like peeking around 
Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think we would need, and we could probably get it from, um, insert name here, of the woman who gave us the job. Uh, yeah, Sarah has detailed information on her building that she uses as a drop-off point. Right, that's what I was going to ask, is is it in a building? Is the stuff behind the dumpster? Mm-hmm. You know, as long as we know what the target is we're going for. Yeah, so the target is in the warehouse. There is a first and second floor. The drop-off area is on the second floor in an office. It's kind of underneath a hidden compartment on the desk, and they give you the rundown on how to open the desk to get the stuff out. This is a bunch of rifles. How did they hide it under a desk? Jim, can you give me a rundown? (laughs) Uh, Of course, I know exactly what a rundown is. (laughs) So if someone does want to do a a survey and, like, explore the surroundings a little bit, get an idea for what's going on, uh, more than welcome to do so. It is a fortune roll, so there's not really any negative repercussions for doing poorly. Who gets the first roll of the game? How, How do we... How do we do? Uh, go to your character sheet. Uh-huh. Go to the action in question. So in this case, it would be survey. Click yeah. on the survey button. Yeah, fortune roll. Gotcha. And you want to click fortune, and it What's should that? roll automatically. Uh, there's no extra die or anything. There's not really anything to, to lean on in this case. Uh, so, the wow. one, I learned um, nothing. <laughs> Uh, Which is kind so of the story story of Snipe's life. On the character sheet, yeah. uh, for for Shep, yeah. it's under insight. Right. So the survey is on the right. So all the skills are on the right to the character. Yeah. Sheet. Oh, got it, got it. So you just mm-hmm. click on that, and then when you click on that, you do the fortune on the drop down. Are you are you rolling the the survey, Josh? Oh, uh, or am I gonna roll one as well? Yeah, you, you have a, a tick and survey. Like, you're more than welcome to do so. Please roll better. No, I just wanted to know how to do it. I didn't know I got to do one. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, standard, limited, great, stream, zero. Uh, fortune, standard. Zero bonus die. The standard roll. Come on, you bonus can Bonus die. This is a lot of clicks. Bonus uh, dice. Zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. That'll all make sense in a little bit. Hey, man. Three. Still <laughs> okay. Still so, not good. In Blades in the Dark. A one, two, or three is a fail. A four or five is a success, but there's consequences. And a six is a success, bar none, no consequences, not this time, GM, basically. Um, So in this case, for Snipe and uh, and Shep, I would say that there is just not a lot of information that you can glean. You see red sashes coming and going from the drop point. Uh, semi-regularly. There's a lot of people who come in with money and leave looking high. Um, <laughs> but other it be than funny that... if they were actually looking at the wrong warehouse the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> next door. It's next door, man. They're like, oh, we were looking at the drug den across the street. Um, but yeah, they, they come in, people come in with money, leave with less money and looking high. Um, but other than that, I'd say probably not particularly in tune like you're not able to gauge exactly how many red sashes are in there at any given time cool great job guys and i believe we wanted to do a stealth plan 
I think we have uh, to at this point because mm-hmm. we're not good at things. So hey, hey, you're not good at things. <laughs> y'all wouldn't y'all don't need to roll for survey for a point of infiltration, which is the detail that we need. Um there's a couple of different entrances to the warehouse, right? There's windows that are not always locked. There's the back door that is sometimes left unattended. Uh front door is open but probably not the best way to sneak into a building um and additionally there is access through the roof um but it's a little bit tricky there's a a vent hood in the roof that you can access we gotta raise the roof guys we send the goat through the roof yeah i'm listening (laughs) i mean he can do it and then he's spider goat so he lowers himself down sticks to the ceiling walks across creates a diversion and then you guys walk in the front door. Spider goat, spider uh, goat. <laughs> and we walk right through the front door. <laughs> With one million dollars. With one million dollars. Well, more like five hundred dollars in guns. <laughs> one coin. With <laughs> one coin. One money. One um, amount of money. Are right, you so, guys so is Snape and um sorry, Snape and Shep. God damn it, you guys picked both S names again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> to be fair, I did not pick my name. Uh, <laughs> we did, we did pick his name for him. That's true. Well he said Snape and I was like, hey, that's kinda cool. <laughs> to be to be fair, Griffin was the last to make his character. My name picked me. He picked his name first, though. He, was first. he picked his name way oh, before okay, he made sure. his character. Okay. Um, as soon as he learned he could have a goat, it was Shep. Uh, <laughs> damn it. All right. Um, is Shep and Snipe going to be doing the infiltration? And uh, is Owl going to be, like, for, like, getaway contingencies? Entertainment. Look out. Well, that's the fun part, is we're not planning all that ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens. Of, or we don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, the beauty of it is, is we hop straight into the action. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe All I need to know is planning. the point of infiltration. <laughs> this is the planning. You've already uh, done the planning. <laughs> well, we're doing stealth, and then I get... Mm-hmm. I don't think it's called position. What is our... Isn't there point of infiltration the... in this case is the detail that we're, we're starting off with. Okay. Like, do y'all want to go through the roof? The windows or the back door is basically the the options. What's this place called? Uh, it's just the warehouse that Sarah uses. She just calls it the warehouse. Uh, as part of a criminal organization, they don't really put in big neon letters what it is they're doing there. I feel like the back doors. I feel like the back doors are like the cargo doors, and that's probably the best way unless we can somehow manage to get up to the whole roof thing i mean that's probably the noisiest way i i assume big bay doors make a heck of a lot more noise the greatest risk to me would be coming in through the roof because you gotta land superhero three-point landing window could go bad but you might skip some of the bad guys the good news is is that it can all go bad. Uh, <laughs> and, and probably will. It's the bad we know say, and the bad we don't know. 
I say window or roof, but that's only because if things go bad on the roof, then it's not going to be as bad. Because if we fuck up climbing to the roof, we're going to be like, ah, oh, shit. No, we gotta, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta come back. Go through the window this time. I don't know. Okay, question. Uh, mm-hmm. Logistic question of the thing we're trying to get out of the warehouse. Oh, How yeah. much gun are we talking? Are we talking crates and crates and crates? Or are we Not gonna be able to get them? crates and crates. It's a single crate full of very high-end, duskwall-made long rifles oh, so it's like five sniper rifles or something right so it's like it's a big deal for Duskwall because rifles are straight up banned in the city um oh. which means each of these had to be made in hand by hand in individual parts and purchased in such a way to not arouse suspicion from in- inspectors and stuff like that okay so my question was getting to if we go in the window can we get out the window oh yeah yeah, the rifles are not so large that they are going to be a handicap getting out. No. Yeah, let's just... through the window. Why not? Windows. No one window. will ever see it coming. From the windows, the windows to the, the walls. walls. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick recap of the plan, just so that way we're all all square. Plan is to approach via the window, sneak past the red sashes currently undergoing their operation here in the warehouse, get to the um, get to the office on the second floor, extract the rifles, get out, get to Crow's Foot, get to Crow's Nest. Wait a minute, I thought we were delivering I'm the gonna rifles go, to I'm the gonna go to... on the second floor. No, you are extracting the rifles from the second floor and moving it to Crow's Nest. Oh, then I kind of feel like maybe the roof is better because then we don't have to go all the way down to the floor level. Unless there's windows on the second floor. Are there second floor windows? Oh, there are second floor windows, yep. Okay, then I would say if we can, if there's like... Like for the most part, yeah, for the most part, the majority of the warehouse is one floor. But there's like a set of like stairs that go up to the office that's on the second floor. And so there's just... Fire escape. Right. So I feel right. like we're gonna have to Batman sixty six our way up the outside of this wall. We go in through the roof, out through the window. Good. That way, if you break the roof, <laughs> you still have an escape plan. <laughs> yeah, an escape plan. Yeah. We can't break the roof. No one has any points in wreck. <laughs> it's tragic. <laughs> We're like we're like getting a chair to break through the window and just bounce us off. They're like, ah, just... <laughs> oh no. Uh, okay, okay, so Avery, I don't know if you heard, but I think we're adjusting to going in through the roof and out the window. Sounds great. All right, alrighty. Let's so, do it. Got got the plan into set. So it's a uh, it's is... a top down plan. <laughs> Literally. Um. So we start off with an engagement roll. We go through a couple of benefits and features of the plan. That gives you additional dice or it gives you fewer dice, right? So as any plan goes with rogues, you get one die automatically for sheer luck. This is just by virtue of the fact that y'all are roguish scoundrels, you get this one die. Um, Next we ask, is the operation particularly bold or daring? I'd say yes. I'd say it's pretty bold of you to run into a Red Sash's base, sneak your way up there and get out. 
Is the operation overly complex or contingent on many factors? No. So you don't lose a die because of that. Uh, does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the target or hit them where they're weakest? I would say no, but they also don't have special preparations. So no negative die, no positive die for this case. I'd uh, argue it exposes a vulnerability. Because <laughs> if you can sneak into the warehouse that they're allegedly it. guarding. Right, but it's one of those things is where they're like, they're looking for people to sneak in. So because they have a stash of drugs there, so they're like keeping eyes out. So it's, you're not hitting them where they're particularly vulnerable, but they don't have like anti-thief window locks and, you know, a bunch of other like arcane things that stop. Or you just or out. just window locks at all. <laughs> they just didn't lock the windows. Tragic. <laughs> um, can any of your friends or contact provide aid or insight for this operation? Yes. Yes. So Sarah is she's already provided aid or insight. She's got you the plans. She's gotten you the know how. So that's currently three die. Uh, are any enemies or rivals interfering in the operation? I'd say no, not in this case. Uh, maybe maybe not for the very first thing. <laughs> not this time. And are there any other elements we want to consider? Um, so the Red Sashes are a higher tier than you guys. They have better equipment. They're kind of dangerous. And so that would get you all minus one. So you currently have two die to make the fortune roll. So this, what the engagement roll does is you roll two die. And that determines your starting position whenever, I was going to say whenever shit hits the fan, but it's whenever the plan starts in earnest. So can you go below one die? Can you go to zero? Yes. If you had zero die, you roll two die and pick the lowest. (laughs) D6 disadvantage. Yes. But at the same time, if since we have two dice, you can also get a critical, which is two sixes. Yes. So if you on this two die roll, if you roll a one through a three, you start the session off in a desperate position. Uh, Something went very wrong and you are already. In a bad space, right? If you roll a four or five, that is a risky position. That's kind of where a lot of things are going to be as part of play. Um, Yeah, it's kind of where scoundrels excel. Things are dangerous, but they're also manageable. Uh, a six is a controlled position. Something has gone particularly well for you. They're not paying attention, something along those lines. And if you roll a critical, which is two sixes, that's an exceptional result. Not only do you start off in a controlled position, you've also bypassed the first obstacle. Uh, not only was the door unlocked, but the guards have also left for a smoke break. You just walk right through the front door, like like something along those lines. And... Is that no matter how many die you have or dice you have, two sixes will get you that? Yes. Okay. Um, and whenever you're rolling on anything in Blades in the Dark, it's roll however many dice and you take the best one. Unless you're rolling zero dice. Then you roll 2d6 and pick the lowest. Right, but I'm saying if if you you would take the best two in the case that you have two sixes. Right. Yeah, so cool. yeah but if you can somehow manage to be rolling four dice... You're in a good spot. You take the (laughs) best of all the dice, and if you happen to roll two sixes in that, that's a crit. Right. Got it. Mm -hmm. I will. Let's see if Alex's good luck carried (laughs) over. Let's see if Alex's D6 deification carried over here. So you're going to make a fortune roll. 
Or actually, yeah, there might fortune? even be an engagement role, actually. That might be its own thing. Let's it see. might be on the crew sheet. Oh, God. Oh, no. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you scroll down past your uh, strange friends, there is a button that says roll fortune. Mm-hmm. And how many and dice? we're rolling two dice for this plan. Notes. Uh, engagement. I don't think she carried it over. <laughs> oh, she didn't. in the engagement. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I spelled it wrong. That's what oh, 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 oh. it was spelled wrong. God's it doesn't count. Question. She needs to do an engagement. <laughs> okay. So as part of the engagement, we rolled a one and two on the fortune, which means we're in a desperate position. Um, and so this is kind of where we start off into the fiction. Y'all are sneaking your way up, making your way towards the roof, correct? Yeah. yeah. We, making we approach the warehouse. Roof. Mm-hmm. What do you mean uh, you forgot the rope? <laughs> as we're kind of making it onto the rope. I didn't forget the rope. D'Artagnan bit it in half. D'Artagnan bit go the rope. He was eating it. It's not my fault. Too much, too much. Um, as y'all are making your way into the kind of engagement role, you've snuck your way up onto the roof. Like that part's already accomplished. You're in the process of unraveling the kind of grate that covers the roof access. And as who who's the person going first? Who's like leading the action? We should. This is a good time. I think we should introduce our characters, and like describe them. Yeah, I was gonna have everyone kind of roll prowl, and as they roll prowl, introduce what they look like. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna roll that prowl. Well, first off, who who's going first? Who's I mean, going? Snipe has the best prowl. He should probably be the one that's kind of leading our way up here. There are also group actions, but I don't know if we want to get into all that yet. I think we're going to start everything off with a desperate group action, just for fun. Let's get the stress way up there. Let's go. Yeah, let's start it off. Um, so I think Snipe is probably the one leading this oh, action. Loadouts? Yes, actually. Yep, that is right. We need to discuss a loadout first before we go ahead and get into the thick of it. Um, so load is the way inventory works in the game. Um, whenever you have a specific load that determines how much inventory items you have on your person in the fiction. And as you expend these items, you tick off the load. Um, so three is light. That means that there are three boxes of things that you can select. Uh, y'all are engaging in subterfuge so sometimes light helps you with that um five is normal amount of load that's kind of like y'all look like scoundrels but like no one's really gonna approach you and six is like the equivalent of walking into a walmart in head-to-toe battle gear right (laughs) like you're you're very obviously going to be up to no good (laughs) (laughs) okay so of on the load thing where it has three, five, or six for light, normal, or heavy, is that how many things you can click off? Yes. So that is how many boxes you can click off before you don't have any more equipment available. If anything is in italics, it doesn't take a, a load slot. So those are really small things. Like, for example, for Avery's character, Owl, there is 
a demon bane charm that has a little italics look on it. Um, she can have that on her character and it won't take a load because a lot of the times it's really small. It's like a bracelet or a necklace or something along those lines that doesn't actually make her any more conspicuous kind of situation. So, and do we pick these things before we go or is it just as needed? We select the load now and you tick off items as needed. Okay. As you use the inventory, you tick it off. Okay, so um, it's just like, oh, wait. Key. I'll tell you. But uh, you had your question, Steve? So so if it's just like, oh, wait, here in my scene of whatever I'm doing, I need mm-hmm. lockpicks. I can just choose to have lockpicks. I mean, have, they don't count for my You have your lockpicks anyway. in your hand, yeah. Okay. So some of the items have two squares next to them. So if you have that one, it counts as two. It's two load. That's right. Or some of them have three. So if you have, like, heavy armor, that's mm-hmm. three total. That takes three load. And okay. to use heavy armor, you needed to have already used regular armor. So to use heavy armor, it's realistically, five. you need five load. And this is five, It's per person. Yes, everyone gets to choose their load. Okay, and it doesn't automatically, if you have three things checked, it doesn't automatically check the three you have to do that? Right. Okay. Oh, what I said suggest for this first round is everyone sticks to normal load. Um, so, like five? five? Yeah, to the five. Now, in your little shaded out section of the items, are you only supposed to pick one of any of those items? You don't pick them yet. You don't pick them yet, yeah. Oh. Wait, I thought we are picking our load right now? No? You, you, you pick, pick the load amount, it basically, and then, yeah, you use it as you need it. So you're like, oh, I have a brace of pistols. Then you click your brace of pistols. Oh, so I'll pick five, and then mm-hmm. it'll be like... And then through the course of, oh, I'm going to need this. Yeah, through Mm -hmm. the course of the job, you're like, oh, crap, we ran into a locked door or a guard came in. Good thing I have this key, you know. Yes, exactly. It's so that way we don't spend the entirety of the session going, but what if I really need my arcane implements? It's like, if you really needed the arcane implements, will you just click it off? Well, (laughs) at the same time, though, I can go ahead and, like, start clicking on everything that's um, italics. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can just know that Well, a lot of times that I do whenever I'm playing Blades is I click off uh, the item as needed. Uh, That way I know if I've used it or not. Oh, okay. That's Mm -hmm. good, yeah. And it won't be... Okay, but I guess so we're all going normal, or at least I am. Yeah, I think it's wise for everyone to do normal this round. If we're all on the roof, we don't need to be heavy. Yeah. You mean you uh, don't want to walk into Walmart with a full suit of armor? <laughs> what are you talking about? Y'all okay. live in Florida. This should be fine for you. So, Avery, you Florida asked man. what a ghost key is. So a ghost key is an arcane device that can open ghost doors. Uh, now, that is something that is likely not something that makes sense to anyone other than a whisper at the current moment. I don't think anyone else has a tune. Um, the city of Duskwall has ripples in what's called a ghost field, right? The entire city is haunted, literally. It's it's not a secret. No one's going like, I don't afraid of no ghosts. Like, ghosts are a thing. Um, what the ghost key allows you to do is kind of go up to a ghost door and unlock it and enter into this kind of semi-transparent ghost world to move places that isn't part of the natural geography of a place. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you enter a ghost door, you might walk into a room that's not connected to that door in physical space. So, Monsters, Inc. Right, right, kind of. You're a wizard, uh, Harry! You're a wizard, Harry! And then, it was a I think... Key. Right, uh... Cool. All right. So we are getting everything started. Y'all have, like, pulled the grate open that has, like, this small vent on it and have used the rope to begin, like, descending Snipe down the kind of large funnel. And as Snipe gets down to the, like, exit hatch there on the second floor, uh, there is a pair of red sashes, like, standing out there having a conversation, like, right in the line of sight of the vent. So it's like... Snipe, a small grate, two red sashes, like right in front of him. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And so if if Snipe would like to to start things off, you are in a desperate position. Um, how do you want to kind of address the situation? So with Blades in the Dark, I don't tell you what to roll. You tell me what you do, and we decide what role makes sense here. As you get more familiar with the system, you get higher system mastery. Um, it'll be less us discussing what role you do and more you telling me, this is what I do, this is the role that makes sense for it. But while we're still learning, it's a discussion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What he would like to do, um, is this a hinge grate or a pull grate? Uh this grate is something that you could potentially like push out and then like push away. Um, and so there's grates on each floor. There's grate on the second floor and on the first floor. Um, on the second floor here, there are a pair of red sashes kind of right in the middle. They're not focused on you. They're not like looking in your direction, but they are there on the second floor in close proximity. One more thing. No, that won't help me at all. Oh, crap. You, your description threw off what I was going to do. <laughs> but this is necessarily a more desperate situation. Mm-hmm. You're, it's the, there was a recent addendum to it, and so the plan didn't go exactly to plan. All right, so I'm going to take out my silence potion vial mm-hmm. and kind of pour it over the grate mm-hmm. so that if it's either hinged or whatever, so it doesn't make a big clang when I dislodge it. Mm-hmm. And you said they're nearby, but they're not necessarily looking in my direction. Right. I feel... And we're, this is the top floor of the warehouse? The second floor. Second of two floors. Uh, but the second floor is really more of like a series of connected balconies that lead to an office. Like a, a what do they what do they call it? Um, catwalks. It's like a series of interconnecting catwalks oh, that go over the warehouse. Yeah, yeah. And there's an office up there somewhere on the second floor. Yeah. All right. Speaking so I have catwalks. My cat just walked in front of my computer. Aha. <laughs> Aha. All right. So uh, he's going to silence potion mm-hmm. the grate. And I'm just I'm going to argue for Prowl to kind of Mm -hmm. drop down unseen 
and move towards the office or towards somewhere that I can hide and not be in the way right now. Yeah, that is, yeah, I, I definitely say Prowl makes sense here. Uh, you're trying to move about stealthily, like that is what Prowl's made for. Um, and because you're using the silence potion, uh, what it does is for characters here is that silent potion, what it does is it completely mutes everything within a couple of feet of where the silence potion breaks. And so as he pushes the grate out, it would normally you would hear it clang to the ground, but instead it just it hits the ground, doesn't make any sound whatsoever. And when I drop down, I'm going to take that with me. Gotcha, gotcha. And so, like, normally even his feet would make sound, right? Like, as he, like, hits the catwalk, but total silence. So in this case, I would say that this is a desperate prowl roll, but great effect. And so what does Snipe look like as we see him emerge from the grate for the first time? He is, for this, he's dressed a little more darkly than he normally would be. Mm-hmm. He has gone full ninja suit because he he knew at the very least he was going to go in because it um, Sarah was his contact and he needs to make sure this happens correctly because not everyone is fully trustworthy yet so he's taking this very <laughs> seriously because this is this is his reputation on the line but he's very thin. He's very wiry. He's he's built for sneaking through grates and spying on people and mm-hmm. gathering information, despite that first role I made earlier. But yeah, he's he's very thin, he's a little gaunt, he's he's just he he is just every really wiry dude you ever met. All right, go ahead and make that prowl roll. Now, whenever you make rolls, there are options here to push yourself for stress to get additional die or to get assisted by a teammate to get another plus one to the die roll. Um, I I don't think a flashback would make sense in the moment because we've only just started the narrative. (laughs) Yeah, I've only just begun. Hey, a flashback is before the narrative. All right. So we can have it. But if there's someone who wants to do a flashback and they're like, and I gave Snipe this thing, you can do that. Yes. But, but yeah, I, I'm not going to try And this. I gave him D'Artagnan. <laughs> I'm not taking your goat. But I already told you, the goat's taking you. <laughs> he rides the goat through the grate. Um, yeah, I'm not going to try and stress myself out right off the bat. All right. Let us see a desperate Ooh. prowl roll. No. One is bad. I haven't rolled okay. a four ever. <laughs> not a great start. Okay, so that is a one and a three. So that is a pretty significant failure at a pretty desperate situation that you find yourself in. Um, go ahead and see here. I'm going to look at the consequences for a desperate roll, right? So on a one through a three, it is the worst outcome. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You lose this opportunity for action. Okay. Can I suggest something? Yes. I feel like in his attempt to pick up the grate, he may have fallen off the catwalk. (laughs) I am a fan of that. Okay. 
so hmm, is this a serious complication or a severe harm? Um, okay, I know exactly what happens. So we're going to do a serious complication here. You grab the grate, you hop through it, you're, you sneak away. There's absolutely no sound. The moment passes where the silence potion disappears because it only lasts for like a second, maybe two. And as you are making the run away from the not looking red sashes, you trip over like this rope that was like laid out on the catwalk and fling the crate like across the room and like fall off the catwalk. Um, you're able to like grab the sides of the catwalk, but it's just like bing, clang, 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 boom, <laughs> like so much noise. Like they don't immediately go, there he is. We found the intruder. But I am going to tick a troublesome clock. In this case, it is going to be the clock. I'm going to name it Discovered. And it is going to be a uh, a six-piece clock called Discovered. Okay, so I accidentally kicked or flung the grate, but I'm hanging from the catwalk? Yes. Okay. Just checking. All right. And so what I'm going to do is, oh, actually, let me extend the uh, size of home base. Oh, I, I, the, the clock is called Discovered, and I'm going to tick it three times. It's a six-piece clock. Um, and so three of the Discovery tabs are open. Yeah, that's not great. I'm going to go ahead and call it D. And you are in... You are still in a rather precarious, dangerous position as the red sashes go and look at the grate and kind of begin reasoning things out. Um, as Snipe... So is this where someone else can jump in? Yes, as Snipe takes his tumble, who is the next person through? So I had said before that Peacock was going to be kind of outside in case he needs to create a diversion. Mm -hmm. So I think it sounds like that would have been very clearly heard. Oh, yeah, it echoes through the vent and you're like. And so I think he would kind of like uh, kind of lean around a corner and uh, and using his best non-retired blue coats voice, yell out something like, hey, what's going over there? And call out a couple of guard names. Let's go check out this alley and see if you can get some of the red sashes to scatter from the streets around it. Gotcha. Um, real quick moment in the fiction. Uh, the cops are just as a corrupt institution as the criminals that they are supposed to be managing. Yeah, I've met uh, <laughs> okay, I, I just let you know. And so a lot of the times, like a blue coat patrol walking up and deter detecting illicit substances is like another day in the park for the red sashes, right? They're like, okay, yeah, here's your two, here's your coin bribe money. Leave us alone for the rest of the week, kind of like situation in such a way that like blue coats. So what I'm hearing is I could just walk in there wearing my blue coat disguise and just be like, hey, I'm going to need some coin if you want me to walk away. 
Right. Like, you could go in there and try throwing your waiter. It's super possible they beat the shit out of a cop that shows up. <laughs> like, um, But if you want to go in there and, like, throw your weight around as a blue coat, like, hey, I'm here. My buddies know you're here. Give me the give me the goods and I'll be out of your hair. That that's an option. And it's also it just kind of depends on the on the status of the fiction. Maybe how well you roll, baby. Let's, you want to knock on their front door and say and try to create a diversion? Absolutely. Let's do it. Alrighty. Okay. So it sounds to me like command. You're, you're either consorting with them or attempting to like sway them or command them to behave in a certain way. It depends on your approach. It depends on your approach. How how like, how does um how does Peacock throw his weight around? So I mean he's I, I feel like he's spent enough time it is just ends up going back to his natural interactions is like hey I'm here for the good. <laughs> Let's make this good on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't know whether or not everybody knows that he's been kicked off the force. Right. He's still got a uniform. He's not even really having to act. Oh, mm-hmm. he was kicked off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was it, forced retirement. It was forced <laughs> retirement. <laughs> Retire. That was not for told us. I didn't know. That. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, you, that's you, right. you jumped off too soon, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. He, he was, was kicked retired. off the force for being crooked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which, in he a world full of crooked cops, he was kicked off for being crooked. He was spectacularly <laughs> crooked. <laughs> you just got caught. That's all it is. Somebody Multiple just brought times. you to court. You had, this, you had the camera or whatever, and they caught you. They're like, dude, you're making us look bad. <laughs> he thought he hung his do-rag over the camera, but he just cleaned the lens. <laughs> just made it even more clear what he was doing. Uh, it sounds to me like you may be uh, consorting with these like people from your, your criminal background or that you're commanding them to act in a certain way to give you something you want. No, like, he's, like, he's really it's not he's he's not trying to command. He is really trying to get a few of them away from what's going on in there to give yes. Snipe a chance to recover what he was doing. So it's he's really just buying time. And if he makes a, a half a coin on the side, that's that's mm-hmm. cool. All right. Uh, sounds to me like a consort if that's. Yep. All right. All right. We do so it risky, in- desperate. What? I'd say y'all are still in a pretty desperate position. Snipe is actively hanging off the side of a catwalk. Um, <laughs> you're walking straight into the mouth of the lion's den. I'd say we're still pretty desperate here. Um, but one of the benefits of Snipe having rolled that desperate prowl roll is he gets an experience point in prowess. Whenever you roll a desperate roll, you get XP. Oh, snap. Is there a way to mark that somewhere so we don't forget? Yes, I have gone ahead and marked it. It is the little red lines on top of your character sheets. Okay, by where it says prowess and all that. By where it says prowess, yeah. Okay. And so what does Peacock look like as he doom, doom, doom on the front door? Like, what do we see? So, I mean, he's he's not a small dude. So, you know, he's going to roll up there. I, I, I feel like he's always walking around with a billy club 
and he's just going to take it, and he's just going to give it the old whack, 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 and uh, and just kind of stand there and wait for them to open the door for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The door opens, and there's, like, this young Eruvian red sash. Um, she kind of has the, the emblematic red sash of the, the gang. Uh, she kind of opens the door with, like, a smile. She, it's, it's plainly obvious that this is the person that this group has talked to the cops. Like, <laughs> this is the pretty girl that this group has talked to cops and new customers, right, to kind of get them in. Hey there, Cinnamon. I think we all know that uh, whatever noise is coming out of there is going to keep attracting attention. So if you want me to keep this down, why don't you let me know what's going on? Maybe I can get a little cut. Go ahead and roll that desperate consort roll. Standard effect? Yes, I think I have a potential devil's bargain here for you and so what a devil's bargain is i thought we were is, doing those yet <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes whenever they're really good like i'm on <laughs> um what a devil's bargain is is that is a thing that happens no matter what the role is right it okay. is a consequence that happens regardless of the um the status of the fiction so if you roll a six it still happens if you roll a one it still happens um but it just gives me an extra die to roll on my yes roll. it gives you an extra die to roll here to kind of potentially put you in a better position or uh, possibly yeah. or possibly have a better effect uh, i believe for devil's bargain it's only additional die oh, they, they did that on the show they they did it both ways ah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, i'm just asking how you want to do it yes what? i'd say it's, it's devil's bargain it. you get the right what? I already killed him? What? How do we want <laughs> I'd to do? say the devil's bargain in this situation is one point of heat added to the score. Uh, so what heat is, is that is the heat from the constabulary kind of fictionalized, right? That's how much noise you made when you're doing your store. Uh, when you Grand did the score, level, basically, it's the witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the witnesses that you left behind. It's the amount of bodies you left. Um, in this case, they, the red sashes here, mention that a a cop went by, and then cops go, "We didn't have anyone in the area who was over." Like, and then like some, it gets like deposited in someone's desk. It becomes a note and a file that never gets actioned again. But it's there's a paper trail kind of situation. So. Does heat, can we reduce heat ever, or is it only yes. up? Yes, so you reduce heat as part of downtime. Um, you pay off magistrates. You make paperwork go missing. Actually, my, my special ability is reducing you, heat. You blame it on somebody else. Yeah, you get someone else to take the oh, fall for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say uh, in this case it would be a heat for an extra die. I'll take some heat. All right. All right, so what does that change my effect to? So it is still normal effect. You're still in a desperate position, but under bonus die, one. It didn't give me... Oh, there we go, bonus die. Okay. Let's go! Three, two, five. Okay, so with three, two, five, 
we take the best about that number. bonus so, die. <laughs> <laughs> we take the best die. You do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You have reduced effect. Okay. Uh, let me go ahead, and what I'll do is I'll go ahead and tick off that point of resolve XP that you get as part of rolling that desperate action. You do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm. Serious complication occurs. Um, now, would I have gotten any bonus since one of my you know, loadout options is a fine cover identity? Yeah, you want to utilize that fine cover identity as a, uh, as a, a blue coat? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. If you want to expend one of your load, we can make it basically great effect instead of normal. Let's do it. Because you, you have the whole badge and everything. Like, they can't run the serial numbers and find out that it's not <laughs> active anymore. <laughs> what are you talking about? He had three badges. You gotta rotate them, fuckers. <laughs> Who's Charles O'Houlihan? Nobody. Don't even ask me that. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we'll bump that effect actually up to great from the standard. So you succeed and you succeed big, but there is a complication, severe harm, or reduced effect. I don't think severe harm makes a lot of sense here, um, but I do think a serious complication is uh, is good. Um, so you walk in, you kind of smile, you give them the, the consort... The Aruvian lady smiles at you and kind of, like, takes your arm and walks you into the area. Uh, she goes, of course, of course, we, far be it from us, to engage in anything indiscretionary without allowing our local constabulary to engage in the vices themselves. And she's, like, walking you to, like, this den of, like, leather chairs that they just have out in the middle of the warehouse with, like, a couple of... Uh, strung out dudes just like, Jimmy! like inhaling from a big pipe and like and like like black smoke like their like teeth are black from like the the low quality stuff that they have that they're using and she kind of like sits you down in the leather chair and begins like plying you with alcohol they ask you if there's anything that you would like um like it's one of those things where they are basically like, of course. And now like a lot of attention is on you. So if you want to act, you're in a, a bad space to do it. Um, they have, they have someone specifically attending to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. She can sit on my lap. It's fine. She, yeah, hey, absolutely. You are now. useless. <laughs> you're yeah, absolutely. Like if it seems like something that like, Peacock would not immediately push off. Like, they, like, have someone sit at the armchair and begins, like, rifling through, like, a catalog of, like, different drugs that they have available. Um, all of them are, like, low-level narcotics. Um, while this is happening with the lovely Peacock, who has the complete, who has rapt attention on one of the, the groups there, who's next? Who's on first? Now, in, in this moment, Snipes is still, like, dangling over the side of the catwalk. Like, not a lot of time has passed in that moment. Like, a lot of noise. Peacock comes in. They schmooze, right? And, like, Snipes has only, like, just caught himself. It is, like, wriggling his way back up. Who, who, uh, who has could another? I, could I help him get back up? Yeah, how, how? I mean, you're up on the roof. 
and he's on the catwalk. And he's on the I, catwalk on the I second down the air conditioning duct that I dropped out of mm-hmm. and then fell off the catwalk. So good. Awesome. Um, <laughs> does anyone have rope? Yes, there's a rope kind of leading down the the. That was like part of the in. in okay, 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 okay. Putting the rope in, get everything set up, and then um, snipe getting down. Okay. Uh, I suppose I will attempt to um, on the catwalk. He shakes <laughs> on the catwalk. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I suppose. Um, what check would it be to like climb down and then help him back up? So normally, whenever you are doing a like feat of dexterity, climbing, clambering, anything like that, usually it is a prowl. Damn. Um, I only have finesse. <laughs> um, so are you basically trying to come down and then help me up back up onto the catwalk, or are you trying to like pull me back out? Uh, are you near the rope? Can you like grab so. the rope and? No, I, I think once I dropped out of the hole, I probably disconnected it. Right. Like the, the rope is still there, but he is far enough away from the rope that you can't just yoink. All right. Well, I guess surveying. Is there anyone that can catch what he's doing right now? Like nearby, I guess. Oh, like are there people that if it's not remedied very quickly, he yeah. will be discovered? Yes. You know that outright. You don't need to make a roll for that. That's uh, that's something that you you know that is like if he doesn't get up and out, then he's it's very likely that he'll be seen. Yes, I'm wondering how big this warehouse is, but there's just a dude doing dangly feats at the moment. <laughs> it's an Amazon warehouse, just fucking miles long. That's where they put the ark. Uh, where they put the ark of the covenant. <laughs> uh, but uh, Josh for Shep. You're not too bad at Prowl, and you have your D'Artagnan helper, potentially. Um, it probably wouldn't be too difficult for you to to make your way down the rope to help out Snipe, if that's something that you might be interested in. Yeah, I see him. I'm actually on the building next to, um, next to them right now. But I see him through my spyglass on, the, like hanging down and i'm like mm. yeah i should probably help with that come on tentarian and go d'artagnan and we jump on over to the other to that building okay and but we have confirmed that snipe is too sexy for the rope too sexy for the rope apparently he's too sexy for the catwalk all right so uh what i heard was shep is watching from the adjacent building and he is going to jump across and try to make his way down is that what i heard all right yeah we had talked about it well when we took the break is that he was since he's kind of our sniper he was covering from the next building gotcha gotcha hop across and that is it definitely sounds like you are prowling about climbing unseen Oh. oh yeah I'd say in this case, you we can downshift it from desperate to risky. Um, oh, it's risky? But yes, I was watching it, the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Instead of being a desperate situation that Shep is in, I'd say it's risky. 
um, just by virtue of there's now a distraction in play and you weren't the first person going through. So if you want to go ahead and make that prowl roll with risky and standard effect. If you want to push yourself for two stress, you can get a bonus die. Uh, if someone wants to help you sneak, they can take a stress and give you a bonus die. How many dice do I get if I do risky standard and I have one point in prowl? One. And where's my stress? Your stress is located on the character sheet right, right underneath your, your vice. Name so you can have those little arrows. You can have and up then, to nine stress before you trauma out. Okay, so I could take one stress. And stress resets after every... After, after the, you indulge you your device. device. Yeah. After the job, we do what's called downtime activities, which is reducing stress, reducing heat, um, mm -hmm. training, stuff like that. Okay, and it'll go down very quickly or, like, slowly? That depends it how depends you roll. depends on the roll. Oh, you, you roll can, during you the downtime? You can mm -hmm. even overindulge your vice and kind of get lost in your own shit. Get lost in the sauce. Um, I will take one stress. Be two. Two to push yourself. Two to push myself. Don't be any. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. So it's risky, standard. Mm -hmm. With one, one bonus, bonus die. dice. One, one bonus dice, because I'm going to mm -hmm. take stress. Yeah. Double sixes. So not only do you game, succeed, baby. you succeed big time. So you, you succeed with increased effect. Not only uh, is it kind of like what we'd anticipate, there's even something it is. Like we see, okay, so what do we see uh, that Snipe, or not Snipe, that Shep looks like as he is jumping from the rooftop to rooftop? We see, um, well, I imagine what you see is that he not only jumps from rooftop to the up to the other roof, but it's like parkour, and he like gets into the building without mm -hmm. making a sound, just completely doesn't touch anything, and he is already like at, um, he's already with snipe, like pulling him. Does up. does like, the slide down the rope like? kicks himself out through the hole, rolls down the balcony, and yoinks Snipe up. Pretty but what is your character, like, yeah. what's the what's the aesthetic? What does your character look like? Like, physically. Oh. Like, what does my character look like? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Describe him. Yeah, so Shep, he's like a reasonably big dude, slightly bigger than average. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of looks like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah. He's got a little bit of a like pirate aesthetic. There's um, a goat tied to your back. <laughs> D'Artagnan did, we did, like, D'Artagnan went down first and then, like, cushioned the blow. He was, like, ready for it, and he's, like, used to that. He didn't hurt him. Uh, he has a goat named D'Artagnan. Very important. Um, yeah, he has... It, I don't know what else to say. He's got a pirate aesthetic, and, and uh, apparently he's extremely athletic. We love that for him. Alrighty. So, Shep, you jump down, move off, kick off the rope quietly. D'Artagnan, in the midst of it with you, uh, in the Absolutely. thick of it, 
uh, in the thick of it, and and you, you've you never seen your... a goat Tarzan swing off of rope through a, an air conditioning vent like this before. He's like standing on the wall. It's like it's like a ninety or eighty nine degrees, and he's just like sitting there on the wall looking at you. Like I can stand anywhere. Uh, you threateningly <laughs> staring, um, and you hear and like in the, in the background, out. you hear Michael from the office like parkour. <laughs> parkour. parkour parkour just like quietly as like peacock is like oh what an excellent vintage <laughs> like really <Parkour>. loudly <laughs> now it feels like this is actually like the office and so we're trying to get into the office <laughs> we're in the office warehouse <laughs> they're doing like paper manufacturing just imagine owl on the roof just like watching that happen mm. <laughs> She was getting ready to make her move, and Shep just came <laughs> bounding in. She was just like, uh, 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 and then Shep was like, I got this. Don't worry. I got this one. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold my beer. I got this. Well, I mean, that luck had to go somewhere. Absolutely. Um, what's Somebody Owl has- doing while uh, Shep engages in the incredible display of athleticism? And what is he doing with this athleticism, by the way? Is he just Saving running? Snipe. Saving Snipe, okay. He, pulling he, Snipe um, off the catwalk, yeah. He jumped from the other rooftop, parkoured his way over, deftly slid down the duct, Row. and yoinked Snipe back onto the catwalk. Okay, Um. so you disconnected the rope when you fell down, right? No, 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 the rope's still there. Okay. Like, it's still hanging from where you are up top. I disconnected mm-hmm. it from me. Oh, I see. Okay, I thought you that's what I'm right. I don't know what else Owl can do in this situation, um, because the red sashes are currently, um, I guess, indisposed with, uh, Mark? Mm-hmm. Okay, um... Well, could, do you think you can get to our exit window and tinker the window open? Or ask ghosts for help. Um, I don't know. Is there any ghosts that are like leaders of gonads? Or check out that back window, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think Owl. <laughs> so not to make Owl sound like she's schizophrenic, but Owl hears voices all <laughs> the time. Um, and so like you're hearing like, uh. It sounds like you want to attune to the ghost field and see if you can glean any advice from the past. Is that is that correct? That sounds pretty cool. That's oh, all she's I... really good for. <laughs> so, That's not true. I'd say attuning to the ghost field is almost always a risky endeavor, right? You're reaching yourself out there into things unknown and unknowable. Um, I can imagine that she's just like, Speak up, like God. <laughs> ever, ever use your fucking mouth parts? Oh wait, I forgot you don't have any. <laughs> motherfuckers whispering all day. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd say that's definitely a, a too risky standard effect. Okay. Um. And what does standard. Owl look like as like these like ghostly apparitions appear at the corners of of the screen, like and whisper things into her ear? Well, she's got um, pretty much always, um, not always on her person. I, I guess not t- not tonight, but 
usually she has a big fat binder that has messily written notes all over it. Uh, mm-hmm. Today she just brought her notebook, and then she'll just like rip out those pages and stick it to the binder later. Uh, <laughs> of all the things ghosts say, all of them, she records it all at you know any given point, even the stupid whispers. Um, mm-hmm. her, I guess um, she does have a quite distinct stare that she already always has on her, um, kind of bug-eyed mostly. Um, mm-hmm. Her hair is very frizzy and very short, and she's got a pretty cool coat on. It's got cool blue paint and blob-like plat- patterns. You know, she made it herself. She's obsessed with that pattern. Y- you get, you get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like water and oil. We love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see the roll. And also, you can do the same. You can push yourself to stress for an additional die. Um, I don't think there's really a, a devil's bargain in this moment. Uh, or a uh, well, or flashback. I guess the last thing I want is to bring any uh, supernatural paranoid um, elements already to the pot. So I will expend two stress, please. All right. I will notate that. Oh, you already got it. Perfect. Yeah. And okay. get that one bonus die. Risky standard. One bonus. Hooray! Six. Okay, no negative consequences from attuning to the ghost field. Not always the case, but this time it works out. So <laughs> we see yeah. Owl. It's there's a bunch of like indecipherable whispering like happening at the corners, um, and like there's semi-transparent apparitions at the corners. And as like we see Owl's like dead face stare move forward. It like turns and like one of the ghostly apparitions kind of becomes a little bit more solid in the moment. And you see this like old, like even old timey by y'all standards, like an old timey, um, like gentleman who is very obviously like a middle manager kind of like dressing up (laughs) kind of fellow. And you just kind of hear him complaining to no one. It's like the vagabonds that we hire for this shop, always smoking out the back window. It's like they were raised by barbarians. And so he's just kind of implying that the back window has been left unlocked and is never kept locked. Okay. If that's something that you, that's good. some actionable intel for Owl. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Um. Okay. So then she will uh start making her way down. I guess if that's an option. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're oh. able to kind of navigate <laughs> off the side of the. You just fall to your death. Yeah. End, of, end of Owl. <laughs> no, it's like it's like a Shep just got sniped back up, and then you just see like Owl. <laughs> Just hanging off the side. Dang it! <laughs> I thought this was the plan. Chef like climbs back up <laughs> the rope, flips oh, out, no. pulls him snipe. I'd almost say, if I could suggest from the roof, maybe go find the back door from the roof and see if you can get in that way. That's also. A... Do you guys know where the back window is? Yeah, you you you'd be able to kind of like 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 kind of. Motion to them that you know where where to go, where they need to go. <laughs> okay. Like, like, no, no, I gotta, I gotta role play this. Things. All right, I'll be like, <laughs> this is gonna be great for an audio only format. <laughs> it's just hearing hand motions. 
I think so she's she's okay. looking down she's looking down to the duct and Shep is looking up the duct and she's doing all these Navy SEAL hand signals. Thumbs up. Thumbs up disappears. Skitter, 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 skitter. Shep and Snipe, y'all are in the thick of it. Y'all are still in a pretty dangerous situation here. It's very exposed up on the top of the catwalks, but there's less that area that you need to traverse. It's an easier walk, but it is a more open walk. Okay, so assuming we can see where the office is mm-hmm. from where we are, um, it's time to do a group action for Shep and Snipe Sounds as we're like together it. anyway. So I feel like we're still doing Prowl. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how group actions work, but I think I roll something and he rolls something and either adds to it. Something, I don't know. Yes, so with a group action, how it works is the group that's going to be doing the action, in this case, Shep and Snipe, um, one of them is chosen to be the leader of the group action, right? That's the person that is actively leading the rest of the crew in in this moment. Um, and everyone rolls their prowl, in this case, prowl, um, and you take the best result of anyone in the group. So if one person rolls a one, another person rolls a three, and the last person rolls a six, then you take the best of the what was rolled. Uh, The danger is that whenever you lead a group action, you take stress for everyone who fails, right? Um, So that's why if you lead like a group of like seven people in a group action, you're running a lot of stress risk if a lot of them are not, don't excel in that area. But it makes it so that way in spaces where one person would definitely fail, like, you know, I don't have anything in Prowl and we need to, like, really get this Prowl good. It opens the opportunity for someone who's maybe not the best at something to still engage with it. I'm just going to look at Ship and do an eye roll and the silly hand signals of, you know, sarcastically. Let's go that way. <laughs> yeah. D'Artagnan just like stares forward like unblinkingly. <laughs> and we staring on. into your soul, just letting you know. Just <laughs> FYI. Just FYI. D'Artagnan, did Shep phone down the well again? <laughs> All right, so let All us right. read a prowl. Yes, y'all are definitely still in a desperate position here. Fact standard. Isn't this risky at this point? I'm desperate. I would like to push myself and really load on the stress with this because I feel like just getting yoinked back up onto the catwalk, Mm -hmm. um, he would be very stressed anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's two stress for a better effect. Two stress, you push yourself. You can do it for a better effect or an extra die. Yeah, you can choose either or. I'll get an extra die. We're going to do we're doing this shit right. All right. Well, um, we'll have we'll have at least two die, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll have three. You'll have two. If you uh, oh, you've only got one. Still has one prowl. Yeah. Yeah. So you're rolling four total die. So what am I? I'm rolling two or one. You're rolling one. Yeah. You can push so no no bonus two, die, but, but you can choose to push yourself if you want. Yeah, I don't think you need okay. to, but you can do whatever you want. Um, standard effect. Desperate standard. Yeah. Very much exposed up here. Bonus dice zero. 
Let's just say, make sure. Okay, Snipe takes one stress, uh, covering for Shep's failure. Okay, and in, in, in addition to the two I take for from pushing, pushing myself. myself. Yes. yes. But I got a six. So. Perfect, perfect. So and since you're prowling at a desperate position, you each get experience. So Shep gets one prowess experience, and uh, Snipe now has a total of two prowess How, experience. Where, where do I put that in? I've already clicked it in for you. If you look where it says prowess, where they have that little red flag, that marks the experience. It's kind of right above where you click the prowl button. Got it. So mm -hmm. after you get six, what happens? Uh, you clear all of them out, and you get to add an action point. So that is oh. basically getting another die in one of these skills. Cool. So I get to add it to one of the prowess skills. Hmm. Right. One of the prowess skills. But only after you get all six. Right. Cool. Yeah, so if we just keep this desperate all the time, <clears throat> we're golden. Yeah. yeah. Big money. Gotta come. <laughs> so there is a moment while Shep and Snipe are sneaking their way um, where y'all are literally like feet away from the other red sashes. You're like stealthily moving. There's a moment where like Snipe needs to pull Shep like behind a large girder whenever the red sashes that were up on the balcony as well like turn because they thought they heard something and they get back to their conversation um and it is tense as you make your way into the office as you reach out you grab the door to the office and you hear the door into the office is locked there is windows along the exterior of the office so that way like the foreman could look out into the warehouse um, pretty loud to break a window. Uh, it is a rather simple, like, key lock, something that can be taken care of quite easily, um, but it is an, an additional obstacle to overcome. It's cool. I got lockpicks. It's a good yeah. thing that, oh, that he brought his subterfuge supplies. <laughs> or burglary gear. I don't know the difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can Subterfuge is like a makeup kit. If you just put your mouse over uh, the uh, inventory items, there's a little arrow on the right-hand side. Yep. <laughs> and if you drop down, it'll tell you what's in it. Oh, so that is... Theatrical makeup, blank documents. But should be burglary gear, which is a set of lockpicks. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I have lockpicks also. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's a good thing that Snipe brought his burglary gear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His extra special lockpicks. I, um, I do have. So with lockpicks, a lot of the times whenever you are um, engaging with a lock, um, it'll be tinker. A lot of times picking a lock is a tinker. Or it is like finesse, but with reduced effect. Um, in this situation. Uh, because kind of tinkering is the tinkering with mechanisms, like getting an understanding of the internal mechanism of the lock, getting that jimmy in there, getting the lockpick in there, all done. Lock hey there, lockpicking lawyer today. Um, what does Snipe want to do to get into the lock? Well, he has his set of fine lockpicks as his one of his items. 
Um, he's already jiggled the door. He knows it's locked. He's just going to bust out his lock picks, and this will incentivize me to take some skill and tinker. Because um, he doesn't have any. But, yeah, he he's going to listen for a moment when maybe the people downstairs are getting a little more rowdy or talkative, where if he clunks something really bad, it won't be as noticeable. So he's just kind of t- trying to time it. Is this is this something where <clears throat> since uh, since Peacock's down there, obviously cavorting, that he can be louder than normal to try and cover some of the noise and assist? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can you can assist at a distance in this case. He doesn't by, need to be louder than normal. Like shouting. <laughs> okay, let me phrase that. He will not try to be quiet. There we go. There we go. Normal uh, volume. Yeah, like you may have seen us seen him hanging off the catwalk when you came in mm-hmm. and just kind of watched us progress along too. Mm-hmm. And so you can take a stress to give a uh, snipe a bonus die. Is that two stress or one? One stress to help two stress to push yourself. So one stress in this case. Yeah. I will take a stress to try and help cover up him jiggling the lock. So Perfect. I didn't take a stress for the group action earlier. This is different. Not you. Yeah. This is different. No, the group leader takes it. Only the leader takes the stress for the group. Right. What I'm saying is this is not a group action that they're doing. This is right. This is assistance. Yeah. Um, you can, I'd say, uh, snipe can either make a finesse roll with standard effect or a tinker roll with great effect. Um, both of them are risky. I will take. Finesse, because he's taking his time. He's already really screwed up once. If you want to go ahead and roll, then that can give us an opportunity to think okay. about the consequences. Hey, that assumes some something bad's going to happen. I said think about the consequences. Or, or wait, uh, what's the our what's our position? Uh, risky. You're in a risky position, and the effect is standard since you're using fine lock picks, but in unusual in an unusual way, kind of. And with a bonus die for my stress. Mm-hmm. Five. Five. All right. That is A-OK because we are discovering what the consequences are of Snipes' risky roll. <gasps> the risky roll. So with a four or five, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer you harm, a complication occurs, you have reduced effect, you end up in a desperate position. I am going to say there's a complication. Great. There is a complication. Um, you you jiggle the lock. No one else hears it, right? No one out over by um, um, Peacock is here. They're too busy engaging with this blue coat, you know, giving them free samples, stuff like that. The complication occurs um, because as you kind of click the door open ever so slightly, like it doesn't really make a noise. Um but you see there is a red sash actively in the office. There's uh, someone who looks a little bit more refined, a little bit more dignified than like the people there on the ground, kind of like peeking around, like looking behind bookcases, like actively surveying the office to see if they can find the item that you're looking for. So the complication is there's someone in here as well. 
And they're also looking for something. And they're also they're looking for presumably the same thing because they're also a red sash. The red sashes were tipped off. Um, but that that's the complication. OK, the complication uh, is, is we're not alone. I'm with him. Yes. Yes. You're right next to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Anything I, I was going to say anything for Alex? Anything for Owl? Yeah, is so there anything Owl does as she kind of gets the uh, window prepped? Like, you're able to run down yeah. there. Boo. <laughs> yeah, you're able to run down there with, with relative ease, pull the window open. Like, it just slides open, no no noise. Like, it's far enough away from the rest of the red sashes that they don't immediately notice. Um, like, yeah, I'd say those are all things that Owl can do without even needing to make a dice roll, because it's just going to succeed. Yeah. And then she'll write down what the ghost said, because she likes to write down <laughs> everything, so she'll just quickly, like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then just be on the ground floor there next to the window. Yeah, I'll just... <laughs> I'll just be, like, fucking, like, doing this, like... <laughs> What every cat does from behind the box is like just <laughs> yeah. the top of their eyes and like a little bit of their nose. Where is the back window where Owl is in relation to where the office is? So the office is at the back of the warehouse up on the second floor. So it would be a like a drop and there's the window. So like if you were to go down the catwalk, you'd have to go down the catwalk, go around some boxes and then get to the window. But if you were to jump from basically where you are right now, it's basically a straight shot down. Problem is, it's like a 10-foot drop, and so, like... Okay, so she's kind of near the office, but she's below the office. Right, she's Outside. near but below the office. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to give um, Avery Mental some, picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some uh, idea of incentive for an action besides listening to ghosts. And, I mean, I think that, like, with owl's line of sight you can see snipe and shep opening the door like and kind of see into the office itself like i think you have a good line of sight there um, so something does happen you got an opportunity okay yeah that's that's a good idea um if the people come back and be like why is the office door open i'll be like who who <laughs> <laughs> what who? Who, who because you're now who did that? Who? Who indeed? <laughs> uh, Snipe and Chef, y'all are at the entryway to the office. This red sash has not immediately noticed you. Um, they're kind of engaged in their own surveying of the situation. Um, you can tell that they're like narrowing things down. It's only a matter of time before they get to like the desk and start fiddling with it. For uh, Snipe and Shep. There we go. I remembered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do they need help getting into the desk? Um, I don't think they necessarily need your help here. It's not like we'd go through actions, like everyone needs to do an action, and then mm-hmm. we go through actions again. It's one of those moments where, like, Owl is set up. She has line of sight. If she needs to or wants to help with something at a distance, it's available for her. But I think more immediately in the moment, this is something that Snipe or uh, Shep need to need to address. Yeah, you can help prepare the I exit strategy. Yeah, right. Help prepare the Perfect. exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything like that. And so that's why I'm kind of asking, like, is Shep or Snipe? Is there a way that you want to address that problem in front of you? 
you can address it with violence. You oh, can a, like. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to creak the door open a little bit and give Shep or the after you. He he he's the uh, of all four of us. He's the most combaty. Yeah, and it's a good thing that he brought his fine pistols. Mm-hmm. I will actually <laughs> wait. Real quick pause. If you uh, pull out a gun, he's gonna go. <laughs> Snipe, <laughs> you in this specific instance are actually the most combaty because prowl includes attacking someone from a stealth position. Oh, so if you want to like sneak up behind him with a baseball bat and just boom, like that is something that you can do. Or a um, knife. Where Shep excels in this instance is actually hunting, so that's f- like shooting someone, sniping someone from a distance. But yeah. it makes a lot of noise. Yeah, so Shep can snipe, but snipe has to Shep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> All right, do you want me to take care of this then? Yeah, with your... I do have a knife. Blade or two, or throwing knives. Ooh. You're going to shank a bitch? <laughs> There's only... Is there one or two of them? Just one. So, with the... um. The lovely thing about the flavor of Blades in the Dark is that you can say that my large weapon is like a two by four, like a baseball bat that I keep on hand specifically for the situation. Or, you know, you have an unusual weapon, like maybe that's like a tire iron kind of situation where you're like, I use this when the going gets tough and I need to bludgeon someone over the head. Or like a sap or a blackjack. And he's all out of bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Um, now, we'll, we'll just go or with Or if you want to, like, just slit someone's throat. Yeah, we'll go with the knife part, because I believe I told you in one of the messages that Snipe was not above shanking a bitch. Absolutely. It's true. It's true. And then he's going to run away like a coward. <laughs> all right. Okay. So this is this is risky. I, I'd say it's not desperate. You're attacking from a pretty stealthy position. This is a risky prowl. What's the difference between a risky roll and a desperate roll? The significant of the consequences. Gotcha. Cool. Whenever you roll desperate, you're putting yourself in a very dangerous situation. So then what's what's better than risky? Controlled. And controlled, controlled is you're acting on your terms. There's much reduced consequences if you were to fail. And sometimes in a controlled position, you can actually re-roll as risky. Okay, so we're, or is it risky standard? Cool. I'd say risky standard in this case. Can I help uh, him? Can I throw a knife as well? Or what uh, are we, are we If you want, you can take a stress to give him an extra die. Or uh, you can have this attack be like a group action, where both of you come at this guy and try to pummel him, and you take the best result. Yeah, if you want to lead a group action, we can do that. Uh, Although, well, I think, it may be better for me. I mean, you're both pretty good at prowling. Like, I, I have a, I have at least, I have a point in prowl, so it's not awful. Oh, yeah, um, and as a, as a group, you take the best of the things. So. Yeah, it's only who gets the stress. So, yeah, uh, let's do a group action for okay. shanking the bitch. All right, shank the bitch. All right, it sounds like Shep's leading the group action. Let's go ahead and have Shep roll first. Uh, Shep, do you want to push yourself or um, 
to to get an extra bonus die. No. Not this time. I think it's a little bit of of one of us is more distraction than the other, but I think we can overpower him. I think we got this. Probably. So, what do I do? A prowl? And I need Mm -hmm. to have a blade or two? Yeah, I'd say you can um, you can use a blade or two, or if there's another item in the fiction that you want Shep to use to bludgeon this man or anything like that. Well, it's a very good thing that I brought um, a blade or two. There we go. And he'll take he'll. What do I have to take two stress to to push yourself mm, to get an extra die? Yeah, you know what? I'll do it. All right, so that ticks you up to four stress. Click the prowl button, you're a risky standard, and you get one bonus die. Four, two. Currently, the best die rolled is a four. Next up, Snipe. You're also part of the faction here. Risky standard, correct? Risky standard, if you want to push yourself, you're more than welcome Mm -hmm. to do so. Oh, (laughs) shit! That's another quick <laughs> we love we love seeing it. Um so yes. We're just spreading the luck from Alex. We're just like you get a little here, you get a little here. Let's it's see how it should a little be. Bit. So in, in my head there's a little conversation at the door. Which like is like you go. No, you go. You go. We both go. <laughs> Shep goes in. Dude may see him and Snipe just rolls up behind him and slowly shanks him in the back of the neck. Oh, yeah. I'd say, like, you both succeed, right? So you you run through the door, like, before the guy even has a chance to, like, raise the alarm, like, Shepard's, like, up on him, like, stabbing him, like, in the chest. And the moment he, like, goes to stream that, like, scream out in pain, you, like, get him right in the side of the neck, and instead it's just like... Just a like a puddle of blood just like uh, appears in the back of his throat, and as opposed to like screaming out, it just gurgles and coll- he collapses to the floor. It's our first murder. Utterly silent. Fist bump. It's only the first murder on camera. <laughs> it's I, the I, first murder the audience sees. I I feel like the unknown of how did snipe get Shep into the group is they may have murdered other people before. <laughs> <laughs> Might have happened once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I speak to the murdered constantly. <laughs> I'm not happy about it, by the way. You're like, oh, it's you guys. <laughs> I want that deposit back. <laughs> Half of these um, ghosts are here because of you guys. <laughs> you are able to, like, scavenge around through the office. You are not additionally assailed. You're able to really quickly go into the back of the of the, like, of the of the desk go into the like lock area pick it open like not like a lock but there's like a combination that you use and you take out this like five foot long box of like smooth velvet exterior like carefully uh maintained and as you kind of open it up you see the set of like a half dozen long rifles in that like a uh, velvet interior box Time to go. Is there a window in this room, or do we have to make it over to Owl's window? So you don't need to make it to Owl's window. There's there's two doors in this office, right? One leads to the other side of the warehouse. 
one leads to Owl's side of the warehouse. The one that leads to the opposite side of the warehouse has a stairwell that you can go down and then you can navigate across some boxes and get out. Or you can go out the way that you came currently, hop down, like jump down a couple of boxes, jump out the window. Um, The other way is faster and there's less opportunity to be seen, um, but it is louder because you have to like jump from the catwalk. Yeah, I, I think we would go to the... Because Owl took the time to do all the hand signals to let us know she was going to the one window for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I think we would try to get there as our escape. Okay. Um, do you want to take the stairs or the jump? I don't think with finely crafted rifles we're going to take a jump. <laughs> That's, that seems unsafe and a way to lose all of these rifles. <laughs> well, the box is, like, locked in place. Griffin. Right, so you take the box and you, like, run down the stairs. Um, I think this is, is it a two-man box operation? Like, he's got one end, I got the other end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, really, one of you could hold it if you were, like, particularly strong, but I don't think Snipe is one that has Mm -mm. a particular lot of muscle mass. So, like, you're holding one side of the box, and he's kind of like an igloo uh, cooler. (laughs) cooler, Kind of like... Stop hitting me in the leg. Stop holding it so low. (laughs) (laughs) Pick up Um, your end. While they are hurrying their way down and around the balcony, going down, kind of navigating their way through some boxes, um, Peacock, you are pretty in the thick of it. Um, They haven't, like, given you bribe money yet. Um, but they have, like, provided you with, like, a little sampling of their, um, of their their goods um they they've like plied you with a little bit of alcohol there's a pretty lady here on the side of the chair with you like they're schmoozing you a little bit without like giving use to something yeah and i i don't think he's trying to push for straight coinage Mm -hmm. as much as he might be like trying to leverage it into hey you know uh you know, we could work out some kind of a discount system for when I come back. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't. He he's he's not really trying to push it really hard. It, it really was keeping people occupied. And mm-hmm. and let's be honest, uh, he likes being catered to. That's yeah. part of what got him into trouble in the first. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're definitely catering toward to your to your needs. Um, it is going to be pretty difficult to extricate yourself from the situation without arousing some suspicion. Um, do you how how would uh, how would Peacock like to go about doing that? Well, I think you know he spent some time here. I think he would probably uh, have something along the lines of, you know, I got to get back to making my rounds or. You know, uh, see a timepiece somewhere and be like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to go meet up for <laughs> pickup <laughs> with one of the commanders. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. All right. Uh, it sounds to me. Um, what 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 do you think this would be? Because it sounds like you want to extricate yourself from the situation without burning any bridges, without kind of making things seem unnatural where they would like pause and think for a second. Um, this. 
Yeah, if he if he thinks that he can squeeze even a neutral ally out of this, then you know that's what he's going for. He's not trying to insult anybody. You know, he knows that you know you go to somebody's home, you uh, you sample their wares, they offer you a drink, you take a fucking drink. I I think it. Well, what we'll do is we'll do uh we'll do a little something something here. Uh, if you choose to sway, then there are potential benefits. There's a potential like relationship that you're developing here, right? If you choose to consort instead, um, it's the same. You're in the same situation. It's both risky standard for each. Um, if you choose to consort instead, um, the opportunity to establish a relationship like doesn't present itself. Uh, you're not trying to like grease palms. You're like you're just there, and you're like I'm leaving. Goodbye. Can so I, I'd I'd rather try and sway, but I have zero in sway. So you can only you can always push yourself to give yourself one die. Um. And if actually, I think this may be a good time for a flashback to get yourself even that second die. All right. Okay. You you want to do the the first flashback of the of the campaign? Sure. Perfect. So like as Peacock is kind of strutting his stuff, he's like establishing a rapport with these um, fancy folk. Uh, we zoom back to Peacock not putting up an act, like doing something identical, right? Like you have been in this situation before, except this time you have your actual badge that's that's the serial number will actually match you. Um, <laughs> you are kind of schmoozing with these like with this criminal underworld. Um, and they are actively making a place for you here with the expectation that, you know, they grease your palms, you grease their, like, turnabout is going to be fair play. And well, so, I mean, you could even go back to, like, the backstory I talked about with you in that as he was leaving, you know, there were a couple of the, a couple of the gangs there that were kind of trying to actively recruit him in. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out how to extricate himself without getting shanked as he left. Yeah, I I think actually there's, like... you're you're like leaving the blue coats it becomes not really public but like people who are in the know know Mm -hmm. i thought flashbacks were more in here like in you know oceans 11 kind of thing and here's something i did that would offset this situation yes this is a slightly different version of the flashback um where to introduce our characters our history and our backstory Mm. We're using it as a sort of narrative assistance. Narrative assistance here, yeah. So instead of a devil's bargain, we do a narrative flashback as opposed to a planning flashback. Gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, I think this definitely rolls right back into what I was talking about when when he was leaving and he was kind of getting scouted out to see if he could get sucked into one of the other groups. Mm-hmm. And you know, as he realized that. You know, they were willing to bring him in, but they were going to bring him in at the bottom. And Mm -hmm. so all these guys that he used to rough up and and talk shit to would now be, you know, treating him as the the noob in the group. And 
you know, he's like, that's just not going to happen. We're not, we're not starting at the bottom. And so it was trying to negotiate his way out of that without Mm -hmm. putting a, putting a bullseye on his back. Yes. So I, I think this would actually be like a great opportunity. We, we zoom over to, um, the prison, like, like not just any, any, um, any blue hook. This, we, we like, we zoom over to iron hook. You've been like discharged. You've had to give away that act, your actual badge, your actual blue coat uniform, as opposed to your costume version of it. Um, and there is a rival gang leader. They're called the Bill Hook. So they're like a tough gang of thugs. Um, Tarvul is the leader of the Bill Hooks, and he has been in prison for a long time. And you see he's like leaning up against the bars, like with his head like pressed into either side as he like smiles at you as you're walking past. And he goes, does he like know you by your, your real name or does he call you by your like underworld alias? Um... I feel like he'd probably find a way to work the alias into the conversation without being too obvious so that it was like, Hey, I know. Mm-hmm. He like kind of, he has his like head kind of pushed up into the glass as you're like walking out and he goes, not too long ago, you were peacocking your way around these halls and already you find yourself in a lit in little better a position than me. Hey, what do you know about? What do you know about that? Ain't nobody around here primping and putting on a show. Ah, uh, but we're all putting on a little show, aren't we, friend? And it's uh, exactly someone like you that I like to have in my enterprise. You may be on the low and low now, but fellows like you and me always find a way to fly. Oh, yeah. Doesn't look like you got a lot of room to fly in here. He, different for me. He smiles and he goes, the right here is exactly where I want to be, my young friend. He's like a little bit older than you, like maybe early 40s. He has like greasy blonde, like dirty blonde hair. Um, but he, unlike a lot of the prisoners here, he has like his rings on. Like, he has jewelry, he has, like, a little bit of finery in his cell, like, some aesthetics that wouldn't be afforded to any other prisoner are, like, afforded to him. Um, it's the Martha Stewart edition. Right. He, he, he gets to zhuzh up his cell a little bit, and he goes, right now, friends, family, everyone is either trying to keep me in here or knock me out of here. So what exactly are we... Uh proposing here i think as he's kind of pausing there at the cell maybe he'll uh slip him a smoke or something yeah he like takes this like cigarette and like tucks it behind his ear uh and just like much obliged i'm thinking you know you're on the low and low here we start you off something small something entry-level it's your first time truly engaging with us as an equal instead of looking down on us as a superior. But hey, 
you work your way through the ranks, you know, pretty soon. Maybe you're leading a group of your own someday. I don't know too many in your ranks that have the kind of knowledge that I've been able to pull together over the years. Uh, you can always pay for that sort of expertise. And kind of like smiles and there's like a gold tooth. <laughs> well, I can't say that the thought didn't cross my mind. But I just don't see, uh, I don't see letting your lackeys trash talk me around, mixing too well with my natural personality. Uh, the, like, big grin that he's had, like, kind of slowly goes into a frown. And he, like, reaches out and he, like, grabs you by the scruff and, like, pulls you closer. And he goes, fine, I don't care if you join me. But if you fuck me, I'll kill you and everyone you love. And the blue coats will do nothing about it. Joke's on you. I don't love anyone, not even myself. <laughs> and that's where we'll end that like, flashback. <laughs> Joke's on you. Joke's like, that's my secret, Cap. <laughs> I'm severely <laughs> depressed. <laughs> All right, and we, like, transition back to you, like, expertly attempting to extricate your way from the situation. Go ahead and roll sway. Uh, All right, risky so first standard. I need to take my stress, right? Yes, go ahead and add that two stress for pushing yourself. All right, and then I'm doing sway, mm -hmm. risky. Risky standard, and you get two bonus die. Which I'm going to need those bastards. Mm-hmm. Come on, don't gank it. Hey! Hey, double five. Hey, risky. So you do it, but there is a consequence. You suffer harm, a complication occurs, you have reduced effect, you end up in a desperate position. I mean, I feel like it, it might be one of those situations where, like, as, he, as he's getting up to walk away... They grab his coat and they realize that it, it just like tears away because it's costume material as opposed to the real stuff. And they realize that it was they they see not. through your designs. Exactly. I like that complication. Um, I would say that the complication kind of puts you in a very desperate position. And what we haven't done yet is resist consequences. If you want to resist the consequences of them, like, reaching out and pulling on your cloak and, like, ripping the costume, um, I would say that that is a defense role using your insight, because you're resisting consequences as a result of deception. Okay. And what I'll also do is I will get a clock started. It'll be a, a six-tick clock. It'll be for Peacock specifically, and that is um, the young lady that you were speaking with. Her name is Adalia, um, and I'm going to make a six-peak clock called Befriend Adalia, and I'm going to go ahead and tick it twice. Okay. All right. And so is she a long-term um, long long-term project? 
she, we're going to add her as a long-term project if there is a time in downtime that Peacock wants to expand on your friendship with Adalia. Like, that's something that we can do. We can also kind of more introduce her more into the story narratively if that is something that the Peacock wants to get started. All right. All right. And um, then so did you for resisting the. Yes. Did you want to resist the consequence? So if I resist the consequence, it's basically trading stress for it. Right. You would roll the die. If you roll a one, you take five stress. If you roll a six, you take zero stress. Um, and instead of them discovering you and putting you in a desperate position, um, they just don't. Your costume doesn't tear. They just grab the costume and say, thank you so much for stopping. And we move forward. Uh, yeah, you can't pass up an opportunity like that in our first session. Let's <laughs> All right. stress among friends. All right. This <laughs> is an insight. And trauma. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So where am I supposed to find this to roll? So you click the button that says insight. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. And then it went straight to bonus dice. No bonus dice. Oh. Okay. So this is not the same as like a skill roll. Whenever you roll to reduce your or to resist a consequence, you suffer six stress minus the die you roll. So in this case, you suffer six minus two for stress. So I believe that brings you up to seven total stress, correct? Yeah. All right. So. Nine Don't stress is what's else. required to to trauma out of the Ooh. of the storyline here. <laughs> they thank you for your time. You extricate yourself from the situation. Um, <laughs> Snipe and Shep sneak their way along the back, hop through the window that Owl has carefully left open for them. Uh, Owl, you hop into your your boat. Um, the the group. Gets in there, you start up the ship. Owl, part of the ship. It's a little old. It's a little rusty. It's kind of loud. It, it takes a little takes a little bit to get her going, you know? Um, and so if you would like to roll finesse, it's a... a uh, I'd say in this case, we're actually in a pretty controlled position. Like, they're not immediately following after you. So controlled standard, if you would like to roll finesse to get the, the ship started and tut your way to the crow's nest. Can I assist with some rowing? Uh, yeah, if you want to like take a stress to give her an extra die. Perfect, perfect. Also, your uh, Avery, you are muted. One stress added. All right. Pick up an oar, goat boy. <laughs> <laughs> The goat has, like, one of the oars in its mouth, and it's just, like, pushing back and forth. Swish, swish, swish. Swish, swish. Do I right. roll something? I missed that. Uh, no, Owl rolls a finesse roll to pilot the sh the, uh, the tugboat. Oh, I'm good at those. The getaway uh, boat. Yeah. And I have a big hat, And you get so. an ec you, So it's a controlled uh, standard effect, and you get one bonus die from, from Steve helping Or not Steve, but Snipe helping you. Six done expertly. The ship 
the like little billowing of the like spark craft tugboat like kicks into gear and as it kind of gets everything started it quiets down and begins moving silkily smooth straight into the river you see like the fog embankment of the eternal darkness of the dusk wall kind of enshroud the characters and you through one of the many 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 uh, canals of crow's nest or of crow's foot and you make either either meets us back there or does the smoothest like just step off the side of the (laughs) the side waterway onto the boat into the boat uh, yeah, he extricates himself from the position expertly and right into the boat, into Crow's Foot, navigating the many canals that crisscross across the city of Duskwall, and you find yourself at the Crow's Nest. Um, so something that everyone would know here as as characters is that the crows, they nominally run everything that happens here in crow's foot right the the crows are the gang in crow's foot that kind of has that base of power their leader the leader of the crows has recently died and the lady that you're dropping these gun off to took over there's some whispers going around that she killed him lissa she's the the leader of the crows there's some whispers going around that Lissa had him murdered or murdered him himself. Like that's kind of like the the story that's going around the entirety of Dusk. Um, there was a power vacuum left over with the crows that the red sashes and the the red sashes and the lamp blacks are also in crow's foot and they're trying to push their weight around. Uh, there's a semi civil war happening in crow's foot right now. And as you cut your way in front of this large central tower that makes its way in the center of Crow's Foot, uh, you see like Lissa and about a dozen or so like armed street toughs uh, waiting for you there as you extricate yourself with the long rifles and make your way to her. Um, Lissa, has anyone ever played League of Legends? Do you know Caitlyn? Um, it's I, oh, come on, Griffin. You know who Caitlin is. It's, it's Don't like you lie. <laughs> the aesthetic is like steampunk sheriff, right? She has like a large hat, a like magnifying glass with smaller magnifying glasses, like as an eyepiece in front of her face. Uh, she's like wearing a petticoat that's like all purple with like a skirt frill, but like on her hip is like a brace of pistol. Like she's kitted out as for like a steampunk war almost. And as you kind of approach her with the long lasses, she like, she up wonderful, wonderful. I knew my trust in Sarah was not misplaced. And she kind of like steps forward. Um, all the street shrufs like that are next to her don't move. They kind of stare at you unblinkingly. They have like hands on hilts, like just in case anyone tries anything. Um, and she kind of steps forward and um, I think she addresses Snipe. Kind of looks at Snipe. It's a little, well, how do they look? They're in fine work and order, as promised. She, like, flicks the little 
lateral that was holding the box in place and lifts the, the top open. Now that is what I'm talking about. And she kind of pulls the long rifle out. She kind of holds it up and like the magnifying glass goes out into a distance. And you see she kind of like checks the weight of it. Oh, yeah. This will do what we need to. She kind of puts it back. She closes it. Oh, what's her? What's her second's name? It's a weird name. <laughs> it's William. It's Jinx. No, it's not Jinx. Bell. Bye. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bell. And so this like brute of a like part gorilla looking ass guy. He's like his his giant meaty fists, and but he's like got a an overcoat and he has like a button down shirt and he's just like stretching just by virtue of the fact that he's in it he's like six and a half feet tall uh and he walks forward with a a briefcase that he can like barely fit his fingers in the little like hole and he holds that out to um i think peacock the payment as promised well, we greatly appreciate the opportunity to serve and look forward to more profitable ventures in the future. I am so glad you said that, because I think I might have a profitable venture in mind if you're so inclined to hear it out. We're taking offers. And I think that's a good spot to narratively end the score. As you discuss with Lissa these possibilities of future jobs or like what's coming up next. <laughs>